Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, SP3, right out of the bat, what was more dirty? What Sammy and Ty did to the TNT Championship or what AEW did to your girl, Thunder Rosa? We saw, we witnessed a crime, a travesty of justice. How dare they treat our Thunder Rosa after all the praise we've heaped, he, uh, heaped on her in the last week. All the people who love the championship match last week, her championship celebration, the emotion she showed in the road to, to the Austin uh, Dynamite series on AEW's YouTube channel. That is what we get for her first segment as AEW Women's World Champion disgraceful that was blasphemy tony khan i want your head on a stake for what you just did to our thunder rosa i mean damn i mean that's taking it a little far but jesus i mean i will admit that was man i'm sitting there and i'm thinking because i sent out this tweet right like i'm trying to process how i how everything kind of run down in my mind of what I saw. And I'm sitting here, I'm going, man, they could have let Thunder Rosa talk for a little bit before doing, well, actually none of that. Like none of that, none of that worked last night with Thunder Rosa. And it, it felt rushed. It felt like the segment was an afterthought. Honestly, it felt like a step backward. Like we were talking, you know, when Thunder Rosa won the AEW Women's Championship, that that was going to be, now it's time for her to take the ball and take the division to the next level. All of a sudden, that felt like a major, major step backward. We'll get into that. Uh, we're going to talk about Jeff Hardy. Because, my God, if you missed it, spoiler alert, you'll want to go back and watch it. We're going to talk about FTR. Dax Harwood got a chance to show up and show out in singles competition against CM Punk last night, and he did just that. MJF, we now know what Wardlow's punishment is. He also gave us a pretty big tease. Also, I'm going to ask SP3 how he's feeling after another major travesty yesterday by AEW. Plus, we have a big matchup coming up on AEW Rampage. We'll get our predictions. So much to get into after Dynamite last night. But first things first, we got a shout out to our friends over at Bet Online, for whom without this show would not be possible. It is that time of year. College basketball taking center stage. The Sweet 16 is right here. It's upon us. It's tournament time, baby. If you're looking to wager still this year, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the Big Bracket Challenge. Hope you are still alive for that huge top prize that Bet Online has going on right now. If not, there are tons of prop bets up for the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, all the way to the championship game. Head on over to the website. Use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And SP3, we will start today uh, with your girl, Thunder Rosa. Um, for those of us who say that, you know, we never, we never talk bad about AEW We're we're AEW shills because we come on here every Thursday morning at 7am and talk about how awesome the show has been for those people 
this is your segment because this was ass. Like for everything that you said, like even even Tony Schiavone opening up the segment by going, I know this means a whole lot to a whole lot of people out there. Let's bring out your new AEW Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. And that was it. Like that was the end of the good, the goodness for the entire segment as we get the the shrill excuse me and we knew where it was going from there you knew that nyla rose was going to be uh showing up in some way shape or form she attacks thunder rosa uh like finally thunder rosa gets a microphone in her hand after we get what was like 30 excuse me's and she's talking about green cards and not really being from texas and this that and the other thing and thunder rosa finally gets a, a mic in her hand and she gets attacked by nyla rose it was a bad segment almost from jump and it's like how are you gonna have tony Schiavone say hey we know this really means a whole lot to you guys and then you give us that like at least at the bare minimum they could have let thunder rosa get a you deserve it chant or something before that it felt very very rushed it felt like they were behind they still had a tag team main event that they needed to get to and that's what we got yeah i wouldn't even say it was a bad segment it was just extremely rushed and lazy that's what it felt like like you know you just had thunder rosa have this emotional moment in her hometown and a huge celebration we didn't even get a video package of anything that happened last week nope. we didn't get you know thunder rosa to at least say a sentence during this entire segment and after she did an interview with one of my good friends one of the a part of the true hill heat community now steve fall did an interview with her for nbc sports boston where she said that she was disgusted by um brock lesnar making fun of the mariachi band and mexican culture back in 2004 in his view with eddie guerrero you then have vicky guerrero come out and insult her say that she's not a real texan that she has a green card and stuff so we're going into that that right from the start like it yeah that was just lazy like writing lazy promo work and then nyla rose coming out and attacking her i love nyla rose i think nyla rose is one of the better female talkers which once again asks me the question of why is vicky Guerrero doing all the talking for her when nyla rose can talk for herself she yeah. proved that when she was aew world champion and she does it well on twitter she has one of the best twitter handles of any wrestler in the business so you can see she's hilarious she's a good talker she doesn't need vicky guerrero so that one is okay i'm i'm totally fine with her getting a first shot if nyla rose hadn't got a shot at every single AEW Women's right. World Champion that there's been from Riho, the only champion she didn't get a title shot from is herself. Yeah. <laughs> so Riho, <laughs> she lost in the tournament. You had Sheeta who beat her for the championship. She then won a whole tournament and then had 
faced her at full gear and lost to her. Then you had her face Britt Baker as her first challenger back at Fighter Fest when Britt Baker needed to verse a baby face because, you know, you had to kind of stop the tide of her getting cheered as a baby face at that point. But you didn't do that. You had to go against the other top heel in the in the division. And now you got now now you got her in Thunder Rosa and you were starting off this rain the same way we started off the last one which feels like retread if you didn't do it the last time i said this for months that she shouldn't have been the first challenger for Bray baker it should have been someone like big swole who had who had a feud win over Britt Baker or someone like a Red Velvet who did give Britt Baker one of her better matches of her title reign. Someone like that should have been the first contender. So now you you come here where, yes, it is appropriate that she's the first challenger for Thunder Rosa, but it feels like a repeat because of what you've done in the past. It's very unfortunate that all of this happened. And like I said at the top of the show, I'll say it again, AEW, Tony Khan, do better because you just stole Thunder Rosa a moment in her first segment as AEW Women's World Champion. Yeah, and and look, the reason why I said it looked it took it felt like such a huge step backwards was kind of like what you said, but was the presentation of the whole thing. Did they even advertise that Thunder Rosa was going to be on? Did they even? They did. They did. did they, they did. did that? They did. They did a few times. They actually did that part. But I'm saying no. No promo, no, like, there should have been some clips from last week. Last week felt important. You should have done some clips throughout the night. It's a major complaint that Jimmy Macaram over on True Hill, he has, that they don't do anything to build up segments later on the show. Like, we got a rare promo for the main event during this show, but then they laxed on the whole Thunder Rosa presentation. Like, the whole segment was about three minutes, and then they cut away even while Vicky was still talking. Like, it literally felt like an add-on. It felt like one of those backs stage segments except they had it on the stage it just felt very rushed very lazy we need better we want better for thunder rosa we want better for this entire women's division the whole night felt a, felt like a lot of rush segments for the woman like you get you gave layla hirsch and red velvet two segments but the match only went about like six seven minutes then you had like a very rushed post match with chris statlander who looked good but it was very rushed all of that then you had jay cargo with a quick backstage segment like you're you giving the woman a couple of different segments, but it doesn't feel like anything. It feels kind of hollow. This whole, was, this whole it was episode. All bunched together too. It was yeah. all bunched together. It was boom, 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 boom. And it's like, none of it was in a prime spot either. Like that Thunder Rosa segment should have kicked off the nine o'clock hour. It should have either kicked off the show or it should have kicked off the nine o'clock hour. It should have been in a, in a prime spot and set it up that way and yes actually let her talk and look yeah nyla rose being the first opponent okay she somebody brought this up to me on twitter she's like basically the lance archer of of the women's division she she's gonna get this big spot and she's gonna lose that's just you know where her spot is in in the company right now at least you know nyla won the championship unlike lance archer uh but he did get to beat john moxley for the iw you know intercontinental championship so there's that but u.s championship what i say intercontinental i said a u.s championship that's correct so at least he got that win over him but you know i i think somebody like a mercedes martinez i know they were kind of teaming up 
you know, there at the end, but that was kind of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. No, I think the, the perfect person was right there. It's Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader should have been upset for Britt Baker. Britt Baker's not here tonight. Should have been Jamie Hader that interrupts her, that you can have Rebel come from behind or have Rebel come out and interrupt Vicky and say, oh, you didn't beat, you didn't beat Britt Baker. She just had an off night. And then Jamie Hader comes from behind and attacks her. Jamie Hader should have been the first challenger. I've said this last week that that he should have done like a whole angle, like rock with the corporation after WrestleMania 15 with Jamie Hader turning and Rebel turning on Britt Baker. But if you weren't going to do that, you should have at least put Jamie Hader in the spot, in my opinion. And we didn't see Dr. Baker at all tonight. So she's taking at least a week off. So, okay, that's fine. You know, she has been prominently uh, portrayed. But, yeah, you you don't need Britt there to have Jamie Hayter be there. So Nyla Rose just seems very, like I said, like you said, it seems very lazy, very cookie cutter, the entire thing. And then the exchange, what it was, the spot, everything about this just felt wrong and and yes you're right thunder rosa absolutely deserve better and we as 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 women's wrestling fans as fans of thunder rosa we the fans we all deserve better uh than that so it's unfortunate it sucks it is what it is hopefully things get a little bit better uh from there uh do want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at athletic greens again who without this show would not be possible tons of people take multivitamins but it is important sp3 to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day off right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar, no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That is B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. They are not products that are intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. Do got a big week coming up next week. As you know, it is WrestleMania week. We got the schedule. Hang on. Let me drop the bar there for the uh, YouTube viewing audience. Huge schedule coming up next week, starting Monday with our big news weekend recap at 7 a.m. Got an exclusive interview with Montez Ford that is going to be dropping at 3 p.m. on Monday. And then you see it all there. We got the, the go home raw. We got our stand and deliver preview. We got the AEW Dynamite True Heel Heat Takeover SP3. Tell the fine folks about it. Well, you got me, you got the true draw, Josh, you got the face of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, Romeo Anthony Cologne. It's going to be three the hard way right here next Thursday on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. Yep, that looks going to air at 7 a.m. And then Friday's a big day, 7 a.m. The most stupendous WrestleMania 38 prediction show ever with the GOAT host of all time, Renee Paquette. She's going to be joining us here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast channel to break down all these matches from WrestleMania 38. Really looking forward to that. And then going to take Saturday off, let you enjoy night one. And then, boom, Sunday we're coming in with the first ever Believe in Pro Wrestling Live. Me and SP3 are be going to be getting 
your live reactions at 11 a.m. from night one, WrestleMania Saturday. Get you set up for WrestleMania night two, and then it's back to business as usual, Monday morning, April 4th, with the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, 7 a.m., recapping night one, or excuse me, night two of WrestleMania. So a big week ahead. Looking forward to it. Let's get to our final five count of the week. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. SP3, we're making history here. We are making history. This is our 52nd show already in the brief history of this program. They add up. They add up when you're putting out daily content. I don't have a question to start off the five count because it, it simply reads Jeff Hardy. That's it. That's it. Jeff Hardy. That's all it needs to be said. My dude, at 44 years old, woke up on a random Wednesday in March in the year of our Lord, 2022, and decided he's going to scale a 25-foot ladder. Nah, that ain't high enough. I'm going to step up to this beam here with this window. I'm going to do a swanton bomb through two tables onto the concrete because fuck it. Why not? I'm Jeff Hardy. God love this man. (laughs) That whole match was just pure insanity, ladies and gentlemen. Like it started off with Darby Allen doing the best Tope Suicida in the game because he he's it's like he gets in a cannon and he's shot out at the person and he just uh, completely took out the butcher. Then you get Sting at sixty-two years old. Sting is still he's a bat. All he does is go from high places and he drops. He doesn't fly. He just he goes from a high place and he drops. And it's great every single time. Then you get the, the fight through the crowd. You get the fight in the concession stands, in the corridor, by the merch table. And then you get Jeff Hardy climbing a ladder and says, you know, F the ladder. I'm going to go on this ledge here and I'm going to do a swanton bomb onto the butcher and the blade through two tables. You had Matt Hardy taken at his age. In his late 40s, taking a, a double side effect off a stage through two tables, you get, you get Sting, who 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 was determined to give Isaiah Cassidy the Scorpion Death Drop. It didn't matter how many times he fell and tripped over himself before he got it. He was like, "God damn it, I'm holding on to him. I don't care. I don't care. I could simply just let him go and then pick him back up." But no, 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 no. It's a, it's a dragon sleeper now until until we're ready to do the stereo twist of fate and scorpion death drop. That match was just crazy. That was like one of the best first 40 minutes of dynamite that I've seen between that match and the opener with CM Punk and Daz Harwood. It was just two awesome matches in two completely different ways. Yeah, and then you you throw on top of that, then we get uh, what did they call themselves? Hang on, I want to get this right. The Blackpool Combat Club, uh, taking out the Varsity Blondes. I love John Moxley's promo. It's like everything was just cooking with gas with that first hour, man. Like everything was spectacular. But to me, does it seem to you like Matt Hardy has just like completely revitalized? Like he's got a new energy about him now that now that Jeff is there. Like the AFHO, whatever the hell those letters were, stuff. It just seemed to just like he was kind of going through the motions a lot with that. And it's like, now he's back with Jeff and it's like, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. There's just seems to be like a renewed energy 
uh, about him. And the thing that I loved about the opening of this match was the entrances because it was a crescendo. It was like, oh, damn, that's a good pop for Sting right there now. Oh, shit. Darby Allen got a bigger pop than Sting did. And then the Hardy Boys music hit, and you're like, oh, F those two guys. <laughs> it was, it was, oh. The Hardys perpetually will be over forever and ever and ever. And it's because of stuff like this. Because Jeff Hardy just cares more about our entertainment than his own body. Yeah. And one day that's going to catch up with him. It is not this day, but this is a, a just a, a Jeff Hardy appreciation. We see you. We love it. There are some times where you take a scary bump and I'm like, okay, dude, you're 44. Maybe you don't need to do that anymore. Last night was good. Last night was a good night. You talked about that opener SP three. Um, we don't get to see Dax Harwood get a whole lot of singles opportunities, especially against somebody the caliber of CM Punk. And Punk gave him a lot. He gave him a lot. There were some really, really great near falls in this matchup. I thought these two told a tremendous story with one another. And again, I'll go back to crowd reaction here in this opener because they were booing Dax at the beginning. And then by the time that the match ended, and I know people were cheering because it was the sharpshooter and they made the Bret Hart, you know, tease last week and everything like that. But, man, you can't tell me that there weren't people all of a sudden that flipped halfway through that match and were rooting for the underdog. They were rooting to see the upset. They wanted to see Dax beat CM Punk last night. And I loved that for him. And then we get the backstage promo where they're ripping on the ass boys and they don't want to call them the ass boys. All of a sudden, you start putting things together along with what MJF said last night, which we'll get into here. So I'll ask you, are you buying or selling an FTR babyface turn here on the horizon? If you would have asked me this six years ago when FTR was the revival and the, probably the best heel tag team that I've seen, even if you would have asked me this two years ago when they came into AEW and they kind of did like a soft babyface kind of role with them working with the young bugs before they eventually got into their role that they've been they've been really good at as heels i would have told you no i don't see them being a babyface i would have sold this but what they've done over the last couple of weeks with getting rid of telly yep. teasing bret hart the dax hardwood has legitimately had three of my favorite matches that i've seen on dynamite him versus pack was a great matchup him versus jungle boy was the first time jungle boy really stood out in a singles match in uh, early part of january of last year and then this match right here with cm punk this was brilliant this was a brilliant opener this was the best way to kick off the show with a with a excellent matchup an excellent opener between the two guys the counter work was great yep. you had the big superplex off the top rope big diving head but by by dax he was just he, he had his working boots on everything he does has a snap to it and it just works and then when you put the mic in his hand, he's one of the best guys that AEW has. Probably the most underrated promo guy that they got because he knocks it out the park 
every single time. And that promo on the ass boys talking about them being selfish little boys, talking about them being Billy sons, yeah. and they're going to whoop Billy sons next week. I believe them. And I like what they're doing right now with that, as well as the tease from MJF talking about they're still with the inner circle. I mean, so with the pinnacle, but you didn't hear them say anything about the pinnacle. So it seems like they're going in a di- different direction. And this is not going to please Maxwell Jacob Freeman. So it's very interesting what they got going on here. And I like it. So I'm buying the FTR babyface turn, which I think will become official when their new manager arrives. The excellence of execution, Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. Even if I had posed this question last week, I wouldn't even have posed this question last week. Like, honestly, I wouldn't have. And like, it never even crossed my mind that them firing Tully was the start of this because it was one, again, another one of those blink and you miss it kind of like, what the hell was that? What they, that was just very unceremonious backstage two minutes. Tully's gone Bye. didn't really give a chance to, to kind of let sink in that that might be the start of something. So that's another thing that it, AEW needs to kind of do a little bit better. It's if, if it's something is going to mean something in the future, allow it to kind of sink in a little bit. And again, that was quick and gone. But yeah, you see what they're doing. All of a sudden now they're, they're feuding with Billy Gunn and the ass boys. And, you know, it's like, okay, heel versus heel. Okay, wait a minute now. Dax is starting to get cheered by the crowd. An excellent match with CM Punk. They're cutting the, the promo backstage about having respect. I loved that line. About, yeah, you think just because your dad has been doing this for four decades that all of a sudden respect is grandfathered in. Uh uh-uh, uh, doesn't work that way. Loved that line. Absolutely loved that line. Yeah, man, I, I think it's coming. And I think it, when Max started talking about the pinnacle still being together and being better than ever, but FTR wasn't out there. And then they're, they're banning Wardlow from everything. He basically sent Wardlow home. I would not be surprised if FTR kind of helps Wardlow in some way, shape, or form to kind of like really kind of move over into that babyface role. I mean, they got to turn their, their back on Max in some way, shape, or form, right? To, to get they out of the can do that on their own. Wardlow doesn't need any help. I like the story that they got with Wardlow, and it hurts Wardlow if he gets any help from FTR. I think these need to be two separate stories within the pinnacle, which is honestly, when you have multiple stories going on, it always elevates who you are. So it's going to elevate Maxwell having those two different stories within the pinnacle with FTR going in their own direction, which it seems like they just want like the the slow breakup that Warlow requested and is not getting. That's what they kind of seem like they're doing without saying it. While Warlow is more, it's more direct and more of a direct feud. I don't think, I think we may get MJF and Sean Spears versus FTR, but we don't need FTR helping Warlow because Warlow is not the type of guy that needs any help. No, I mean, don't, uh, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about like the kind of help where it's like, oh, he's getting his ass beat. And then here comes that. I'm not talking about that, but just something subtle. Right. Because I agree with you. I think the full babyface turn happens when they bring in their new manager. But something subtle as, all right, well, Maxwell has security everywhere. This, that, and the other thing. He's barring Wardlow. He's sending him home. Just something as simple as FTR kind of sneaking Wardlow through the back door. Just something like that. Just something kind of quiet and subtle. I don't think that helps. That help. That doesn't really help Warlow, though. 
what? Like somebody opening the door for him? He can't have somebody open the door for him backstage? No, he's going to kick the door in. That's what Warlow would do. Like, no, Warlow don't need anybody to open the back door for him. He's just going to rush through the back door. That's what he needs to do. I think that they are building a great story for him to kind of just kind of overcome what Maxwell is putting in front of him as far as like he's trying to put obstacles and obstacles trying to make people forget but still trying to get under his skin talking about his mama but like I said the FTR babyface turn and their story within the pinnacle needs to be separate from that a lot of different ways that you can go and obviously Max is still looking down the road because he brought up CM Punk. He brought up the fact that, oh, well, Punk had to cheat, even though there's no rules in a dog collar match other than the fact that you have to keep the dog collar on. Uh, but regardless, so he he's already looking down the road. He's got this thing with Wardlow going on. Pretty clear he and the Pinnacle, or he and uh, FTR, the rest of the Pinnacle are going to start button heads here soon as well if they're going to complete a babyface turn here. But there's still that CM Punk MJF rubber match that is going to come somewhere down the road. And MJF said it's going to be the most embarrassing loss of CM Punk's career. So I'll ask you, now that he's given us this tease, when do you think that third match happens? Because there's a lot that has to get resolved before that match can actually happen. So I've always believed the next CM Punk and MJF match would happen at All Out 2022 back in Chicago. Um, I believe it would be MJF as AEW world champion versus versus CM Punk, the challenger, and he beats him in his hometown in the main event of All Out to a chorus of boos. We end an AEW pay-per-view with a heel standing tall to heat for the first time. Uh, I think ever that AEW would have yeah. would, would be doing that. So I think that would be kind of the embarrassing win that uh, Maxwell teased here. But we saw CM Punk kind of tease that he wants a shot at the AEW World Championship. And what we know about Double or Nothing is that it is now the highest grossing event or live gate for AEW with a $1 million gate. They've already sold 13,000 plus tickets. So we may be seeing punk versus hangman page in the spot that i thought we would get mjf versus um hangman page so if they go in that direction i think cm punk beats hangman page and then cm punk as the champion he has the shortest aew world yeah. championship reign in history and loses that title in his hometown of chicago to mjf yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going with that as well. Um, immediately when he said that line, it's going to be the most embarrassing loss you ever had. It's like, oh, well, MJF is beating CM Punk for the AEW World Championship. That's I don't know when it's going to happen. I, I don't know how the timeline works, but CM Punk has been racking up win after win after win after win after win. Speed bump with, with MJF, obviously, but he wants it. The fans want it. Nothing against Hangman Adam Page. He's been great. He still has his little thing going on with Adam Cole, so they got to resolve that as well. I wouldn't know if Adam Cole maybe gets involved there. Or they resolve that ahead of uh, of Double or Nothing. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think CM Punk takes that belt from Hangman Adam Page, whether that's at Double or Nothing or whether it's at Double or Nothing, because if there's one thing Tony Khan is willing to do, he's willing to play the long game. 
He is absolutely willing to play the long game. We're talking about like this might happen over the next three months. This might not happen over the next nine months. This might happen over the next you know year and a half. Who knows what Tony Khan has up his sleeve? But I will say this. He does not drop a hint like this. He would not have MJF or MJF would not say this if there weren't long-term plans in the future to do something major. And I do think that MJF is going to beat CM Punk for the AEW World Championship. But again, a lot has to happen before that. You got the Wardlow and MJF storyline that needs to play out beforehand. You got Hangman and Adam Cole that need to uh, resolve what they got going on. And you got to get CM Punk in the title picture in some way, shape, or form. He's going to keep winning matches. So obviously you got the ranking system there. A lot going on, a lot of moving parts, but it's all heading toward the same direction. CM Punk winning the AEW World Championship and MJF winning it probably very quickly, like you alluded to, off of CM Punk, which I think would be pretty damn awesome, actually, whenever that does happen. Uh, Moving on here to number four here on the five count SP3. We talked about the just the travesty that happened with Thunder Rosa uh, last night, but there was another travesty in your world and your, your AEW fandom bubble. I, I got to know, man, how disappointed are you that hook did not win the AEW award for breakout star of the year? I'm not disappointed at all. Cause it went to Jade Cargill. I mean, if, if it's not going to go to hook who, for all intents and purposes, he could still be the breakout star next year in twenty uh, for 2022. So he only really had one match or so in 2021. So I'm not I'm not gonna hold it against AEW for their choice because Jade Cargill is pure money. That is the person that I want to see Rick, and I'm gonna ask him to be on that interview if he ever gets Jay Cargill, because Jay Cargill is the megastar that AEW is building and well deserving of breakout star of 2021. Here's the issue though. Jay Cargill won female breakout star of the year. Male breakout star of the year went to Sammy Guevara. I can't get mad at Sammy either. I mean, look at look at look at who who he gets to go home to. I mean, congratulations to him. He had a great he had a great year. Um, TNT champion, you know, twice, uh, twice. Well, not really in twenty twenty one, but he oh, won the enough. TNT. He won the TNT championship. Beat Miro. He kind of separated himself from the inner circle because the inner circle. Overall, when you look back on it, it was the vehicle that launched Sammy Guevara. And in 2021, he kind of stepped away from the pack. He had his moment at Double or Nothing where he won the stadium stampede for the inner circle in his first big pay-per-view win. Then he took that momentum and parlayed it into beating Miro, who, in my opinion, was the most dominant TNT champion in history. And he beat him one, two, three on his own. Had that big moment in the main event of Dynamite on the Brody King, uh, Brody Lee tribute show in Rochester, New York. That's a memorable event and a big time rating draw. It was. He had a great feud with Cody Rhodes at the end of the year as well. So Sammy Guevara. Is also well deserving, but that trophy belongs to Hook in 2022. You might not be wrong on that. Uh, yeah, I think they they did pretty good uh, with the awards. By the way, uh, biggest surprise went to Adam Cole and Brian Danielson's debuts. 
I don't yeah, I don't know if Brian Danielson's debut was the biggest it was a surprise. I mean, that was kind of leaked that that was happening. Best moment yeah, on the line. No one thought it was gonna happen after Adam Cole came out. That's true. Yeah, that, that they they, they true. literally, they literally everyone was thinking, oh, we're gonna get Brian Danielson. And then when Adam Cole comes out, you're like, okay, that's fine. We can save Danielson for, for New York. And then he just said five minutes, <laughs> dropped the load on us, but put the he put his manhood on the table, Tony Khan, and gave us two <laughs> of the back-to-back big that's that's it still stands even what six months later now. That is the greatest ending to a pay-per-view ever. Well deserving of surprise of the year. Man, and that's that's big of Tony Khan to do that considering he just hit puberty last year, according to uh to, <laughs> to Dan Lambert. Best on the mic, CM Punk returning. Yes, biggest uh WTF moment, New York Street fight, uh, biggest beatdown. Hangman Adam Page goes uh 60 with uh with with Brian Danielson. Uh best Twitter follow went to Nyla Rose. Sure. High flyer, Dante Martin, obviously. I mean, they did pretty well with these. Uh, not nominating Eddie Kingston for any kind of Mike award is still like the most egregious thing uh, to me, to be completely honest. But still frustrating. And I, I said it at the top of the show. Nyla Rose, follow her on the Twitter machine. She's the best wrestler Twitter handle in the game. She's hilarious. She's got great humor. This woman basically had a meme made moments after Jeff Hardy debuted saying RIP to her swan Tom bomb. Like she is great. She's awesome. Kenny Omega, of course, winning uh wrestler of the year of over Brian Danielson, Dr. Britt Baker, Hangman Adam Page, Darby Allen, Hiroshida, and Miro. Uh, I don't U- think unanimous. He's he's won it what yeah. for He's won it PWI 500. He won the Wrestling Observer Wrestler of the Year, and now he wins the AEW Awards. I know, I know, WWE fans are out there like Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was great for eight months of the year. I think like as much as I praise the Brock Lesnar storyline, it really slowed down what he was doing in the ring. As far as like the, when you look at the first eight months of 2021 for Roman Reigns, he had those bangers with Brian Danielson and Edge yep. and Cesaro. And then yep. the Cena match was great at SummerSlam. But can anyone name a great match that he had after that? Like the Big E match at Survivor Series was good. The Finn Balor match at Extreme Rules was well on their way to being great until the turnbuckle beat Finn and not yeah. Roman. And yeah, that's the only kind of notable ones that were at least good after SummerSlam, but his kind of and in the, the ring kind of dropped off. And that's the problem with WWE is like once they get past SummerSlam, it's really a lot of filler for the yeah. rest of the year until they get back up to WrestleMania season. Survivor Series does them no favors. And that honestly yeah. killed Big E's title run. Yes. Because he didn't get the opportunity to defend the championship at one of the big four pay-per-views, and then he got beat clean as a sheet by Roman he Reigns. Didn't, he didn't even get to defend it at Extreme Rules, the the pay-per-view right after he won. He was in a six-man tag. Like, yes. like they, they didn't do enough with him. I mean, he had a good match with Drew McIntyre at Crown Jewel, but when you look at Kenny Omega's year, he starts off the year with that banger against Phoenix. He had the triple threat at Double or Nothing that was awesome. The the bar the exploding barbed wire death match. Everybody wants to pay attention to the post match, but bell to bell that match was fantastic. It was. And then he had the uh, great match with Christian twice, where he lost the Impact World Championship on the first episode of Rampage, and then at All Out. And then 
he finished off the year stronger than any champion with that classic, with the greatest AEW pay-per-view main event ever against Hangman Page. I was there live in the second row at Full Gear. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen live with Hangman Page completing his journey. So Kenny Omega, well-deserving of all the yeah. wrestlers of the year that he's getting. Yeah, look, I mean, you could talk about how Roman was dominant in WWE. Kenny Omega was dominant across multiple promotions. Exactly. Nobody had a better year last year than Kenny Omega. That was a slam dunk. And and we didn't even we said all of that. We talked about his in ring. We talked about we didn't really talk about his character work, which was which was great, which kind of just went against what everybody was saying that oh, he's not a TV character. He became a TV villain, like yeah. with the 80s villains with him and Don Callis did great work on the mic, character work, him and the young bugs. He was the one that kind of turned the young bugs into the version of them with the fashion icons and the sneakers that they were doing. It was all because of Kenny Omega's influence. He helped out the good brothers as well. He helped Impact Wrestling get their most ratings and biggest buy rates. And then on top of all of that, this man did that with vertigo a, and basically a broken neck, sinus issues, shoulder issues. Like a hernia. I mean, the guy had the guy completed the greatest, arguably the greatest year in the last decade in professional wrestling. And by the time it was done, he needed like 10 surgeries. I mean, this is the. For, for regular sports nerds, this would be the equivalent of Baker Mayfield actually playing well through his injuries and the Browns winning the Super Bowl. That didn't happen, of course, but you know that that's what it would have been like. Yeah, no, that was a clear slam dunk. I think they got it all right. I, th I think just some people might have been upset that Hook lost just because Hook Mania really kind of did take over. But when you look at the actual on screen product, I, 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 no. I mean, you're, you're, you, you, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but yes, when you look at the on-screen product, yeah, it's, it, it was Sammy. And hey, Sammy, congrats on the sex. All right, final question here on the <laughs> Pro Wrestling Podcast. Five count. We got a really good rampage, it looks like, uh, shaping up for uh, this coming Friday. Back on its regular time, thank God. Never thought I'd say that about a show starting at 10 o'clock on a Friday, but that's a hell of a lot better than 1130. And TK looking at the ratings from last week is going, thank God we're back on our regular time slot. Oh, boy. I'll ask you, Ricky Starks versus Swerve for the FTW championship on Rampage. SP3, call your shot. Who wins? This was tough when they made this announcement because I thought, you know, they were going to do Ricky Starks and Swerve because they've been teasing it over the last couple of weeks. I like their little exchanges on Dynamite last week as well as on Rampage. I think this is going to be a great matchup. I'm going to go with Swerve Strickland to become the first non-team Taz FTW it's champion. It's, it's time. time. It's time. Swerve Strickland, you, you shouldn't have him lose this quick into his run. And I think that this is a good way to kind of show everybody that you're going to do more with Swerve Strickland and more with the FTW championship. So taking it out of Team Taz, putting it on Swerve, who eventually will probably lose to my boy Hook. And the FTW championship is a lot cleaner of a championship than the TNT champion because, ladies and gentlemen, Sammy Guevara on national TV admitted that he's jizzed on that title. Did you see the picture that Ty Conti tweeted out? 
I mean, you want to actually no, yeah, I'm, that, that's not even taking the storyline to the that, that that's real. That's that's probably real. Let's let's be honest about that. Anyway, back to the match. Um, look, unless this thing ends with shenanigans, which very possible that it could. The winner's us. Like let's let's be honest, right? That's who wins. It's us. Wins, lose, or draw between Starks, Swerve, don't matter. We win. We win. But I do think it's time. I think it's time for a non-team Taz member to win that belt. And see, and just have some fun with it. Have some fun with it. Because Ricky Starks is is awesome. But haven't really done a whole lot with that championship. I'd like to see them do a little bit more with it. And I think if it's on swerve, I think they'll do a little bit more with that. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to all 43 minutes or watching all 43 minutes of this half hour podcast. Again, a big week next week, uh, including our big WrestleMania preview show with the fabulous Renee Paquette, the most stupendous prediction show of all time. When is that going to drop again? You ask, well, that is going to be dropping next Friday. There it is. Our full WrestleMania week schedule sp3 and i are going to go to bed right now we're going to rest up we're going to read up on all the news on sunday and then we're going to come back and record our podcast for monday morning we got a lot to cover next week i will be live in dallas there is so many good reasons to follow us here on the believe in pro wrestling podcast youtube channel like share subscribe thank you to everybody who got us over the 200 subscriber mark this week appreciate you the climb to 300 begins and sp3 you got your own youtube channel where you got a bunch of stuff going on you're a busy man yes the true hill heat youtube channel great time to subscribe over there hit the bell to stay notified we're gonna have uh, the raw go home show watch along we got wrestling disasters next monday we're gonna do nx3 is now a watch along of nxt so that's the best way to watch nxt 2.0 because we have jokes as it goes on so you always enjoyed that we're gonna have a dynamite watch along with special guests uh we're gonna have a whole thursday night warriors where we're gonna watch impact wrestling as well as joey janela spring break friday night warriors as well as special Friday edition of True Hill Heat reviews and watch alongs for both nights of WrestleMania. So, yes, a whole lot of content from the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel as well as True Hill Heat. So, take all this content and enjoy it because it is WrestleMania week and we are here to deliver. Absolutely. Love it. Follow us on Twitter at True Heel SP3. Follow me at Rick Uchino. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your Thursday, uh, your your off day from wrestling, unless you watch Impact, which I'm man, look, go ahead and, and and watch some Impact. Why the hell not? It's wrestling. We love it. SmackDown on Friday, Rampage on Friday. Giddy up, folks. It's finally WrestleMania week. Thank you so much. This has been in the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.